Praise God. Well, glory to God. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to ask something. Just, it's just going to, it's going to be very hard for you. I know it. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to just like, mm. so, you know, uh, next Sunday's Easter Sunday. There's always people that show up on church on Easter or Christmas. And so I'm really believing for a full house. And so what I want to ask you to do, not right now, you don't have to do it now. You can stay one more week comfortably in the seat you're sitting in. But since you good people are here all the time and you love everybody, I want to ask everybody who's sitting in the seat, you got to move up a row. All right. So wherever you're sitting right now, next week, you got to be in the row ahead of you so we can clear out the back so people can sneak in and we can get the church full. OK. You know, there's 320 seats in here, but we can't ever sit but about 200 because everybody's out. Yeah, you guys are stuck. Yeah. <laughs> you're already front row people. You're front row people. But I mean, uh, so there's only about, you know, we're only sitting 200 because everybody's all scattered out and then nobody comes in. So, Ooh, I don't go in there. so we just need to be conscious about that next week. OK, y'all do that for me. Yeah. All right. It's going to mess you up. Of course, you may find a good seat. You know, there's some over here in the center probably never even been sat in. You're going to sit there and say, oh, this is firm. This is good. I like this one. So anyway, praise God, because I want to believe God for a full house. We will be having communion next week. So if you're watching the broadcast, wherever you are in the world, you want to have communion with us. You need to get your communion prepared at home. And so praise God. It's going to be great. Amen. Amen. So uh, just get your Bible and throw it open. And I want to just talk to you just for a minute, because you're going to think pastors off today. Um. Because today's Palm Sunday, so if I was, you know, the traditional denominational pastor, I'd be preaching a Palm Sunday message because that's what you're supposed to do. But it's a strange event this year because Palm Sunday also falls over on the Jewish Passover, so our dates are a little off. So the, the, all Jewish people are celebrating Passover. Started at 6 o'clock yesterday evening to 6 o'clock today it would be Passover. So normally Passover in our theology of the way things are with the timing and all, which is not always right. We would be having Passover would be next Friday, right? On Good Friday, going to Resurrection Sunday. But it really doesn't fall like that because today is actually literally Passover. So I'm preaching a Passover message. Amen. If you wonder why I'm not preaching a Palm Sunday message, if y'all are religious like that, I'm not. So anyway. So you got to understand something. Let's just talk about I, I just, you know, I get all bent out of shape when I start hearing, you know, preachers getting about all about trying to get all legalistic about timings and this and that and the other like this. You know, it's celebrating Jesus and his his resurrection is what it's all about. But anyway, Palm Sunday would be Jesus when he was going into Jerusalem and he went into Jerusalem, you know, and just raised Cain. Boy, I kicked over tables, made him a whip, chased everybody around. I mean, just went to whooping. Can you believe your sweet Jesus who they take the picture of him petting a lamb, was making a whip, get out of here, kicking tables over. Everybody thought, man, the guy's on drugs, you know. So, but that's when he went in. He went into the king. Right. That's what Palm Sunday was all about. Everybody was laying down the palm branches. They were singing Hosanna and the king. And he came, comes in fulfilling the fulfilling the scriptures in Zechariah uh, about about the king coming into Jerusalem. You know, and Jesus did that. He goes in the temple the first time he went in. That's how he went in. The second time he goes in. Ah, there's a second time it's going to happen. Hello. 
First time he went in like that, riding on a little donkey. <laughs> Next time he comes in, he comes back with a white horse and rod in his hand. That's when he goes in the second time to the temple and it's like, Woo-hoo! he kicked over tables once. And now the boy's got a rod, don't have a whip. Okay, that day's coming. I think it's quick. May be wrong. Been preachers saying it's coming quick for 2000 years, but I just believe it's coming quick. Anywho. So that would have been Passover Sunday, right? But something was taking place. I mean, excuse me, that was Palm Sunday. What we celebrate is Palm Sunday. But I want to talk to you this morning about the Passover and, and what the Passover means in everything, because next week I'm going to be preaching about the power of the resurrection and what it means to having yourself freed and delivered in life. But you can't really walk in the resurrection power until you understand what the blood did. So I'm preaching about the blood of Jesus today in the Passover, because you've got to understand what the blood does in, then in order to walk in resurrection power. OK, so you got to understand something. Jesus, I'm, let me just do a little talking here. I'm doing a little treaching, half teaching, half preaching, treaching. And so it's another word I made up anyway. So <sighs> Jesus on the cross, he did two things. He fulfilled two things. One is he fulfilled it as the Passover lamb. And the second thing he did is he also fulfilled as the lamb with his blood shed for the day of atonement. It was a twofold thing. He was taking place. You got to understand that the Passover was instituted before the law ever came into being of the day of atonement. Right. Because they were still in Egypt and they were under bondage of Pharaoh. Moses hadn't written the Ten Commandments. They didn't even have the Ten Commandments. They didn't have the law. They didn't have nothing because they're in Egypt when the Passover takes place. Right. So the Jewish people celebrated Passover. And on the day that Jesus was being crucified and going through the trial and all that, nobody. No, let me back that up. Most people were only thinking about getting their Passover done. You know, how many of y'all know uh, you're trying to get Christmas, Thanksgiving dinner done? You know, you're not thinking about everything going on in the world. You're trying to get your pie made. You're trying to make sure it's all going to come out right. Oh, did I have enough of this? Did I get enough of that? Oh, my gosh. Did I put sugar or salt in it? Am I right? Okay. So <clears throat> most people weren't thinking of the, uh, when, the, when they were trying to, they were thinking of getting their Passover meal done. So there were people having to run to the temple. There were people running to the temple, getting their, 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 their lamb slaughtered. All this was taking place. There was lamb slaughtered. I, I read it. I tried to find where I'd read it before, but I, I couldn't tell you exactly the place. But I'd heard that, that there was at least 500,000 lambs being sacrificed in Jerusalem at that time. So you're talking about half a million dead lambs. You're talking about people running all over the place with lambs. All right. I, I mean, folks. If you've ever been around anything being butchered, it's not a pretty sight, right? And then they took the lambs and they put them on this skewer and everybody's running around holding up this lamb on this skewer, right? That had this rod run up it and its legs pulled out. So, you know, and then there's Jesus going up the Via Della Rosa with the cross on him, the lamb that was going to be on the skewer. All this was taking place, but most people didn't catch what was going on. Most people didn't understand what was taking place. They were just trying to get their Passover meal done. We just got to get it. Did you go get the bitter herbs? Well, why did you buy them there? They're better over that store. Right? And what's happening today is people are running around everywhere. 
And everybody's busy trying to figure out how to get around this and get around this and how are we going to get this done and what are we going to do here and people and you know, I mean, just think of it, folks. I mean, all of us have been affected by the, just COVID going on and rules and masks and regulations and what's open and what's shut and what's this and okay, are they open? Are they serving? Or do we do this? Or how do we do this and do that? Our whole world, everybody's thinking about how you're trying to keep going, Right? But nobody's thinking about the lamb and Jesus. There he was, the son of God, walking down the midst of the road as the lamb going out to be the Passover lamb, to also be the day of atonement lamb, with his blood being poured out upon the mercy seat in heaven to make atonement for the sins of the world. Walking by, can you imagine? I'm telling you, I, I, I mean, I don't have their names, but I'm telling you there was somebody that was like, oh my gosh, what is this procession going on? I've got to get to the house and they're in my way. I guarantee it was. I guarantee it was. Somebody. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know about Jesus. They didn't hear anything. They didn't know it. And folks, the world was spinning then when Jesus was manifest, the son of God walking there. How many more people are running around with their tail just in a knot right now and missing the great lamb of God who gave his life for the sins of the world? They're going to be out hunting Easter eggs on Sunday. And I'm, you know, I mean, don't get mad at me for that. I just made that statement. I'm just saying they're trying to get the Easter eggs hunted. They're trying to get the grandkids satisfied. They're trying to get all that done while the Passover lamb paid the price for all of our sins so that resurrection Sunday, we could walk in the power of God and we don't see it. Washington's trying to get their, 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 their bills passed. All the, uh, all the groups are trying to get their, you know, come on, folks, listen to me. I hate to tell you this. If you don't know this yet, there's not anybody in Washington cares about your COVID relief bill. God bless you. They want to throw you 600 bucks and tell you to be quiet because they're trying to pass millions to do what they want to do. They're not concerned with really your needs. Just as long as you don't cause any trouble and will obey and submit, then they'll let you live. Otherwise, they're going to do their own thing, right? Okay, so everybody's missing it because everybody's running around trying to get their finger in the pot, trying to get this and that and the other, and they're missing the Lamb of God. They're missing, they're missing what Easter's all about, okay? So in Hebrews 9.12, this is where I'll go first. Hebrews 9.12, it talks about the atoning blood of Jesus as the Lamb of God, all right? Didn't really have to do with Passover. It had to do with the atonement. So let me just explain this right quick, because I just caught this thought. Somebody may not even know what I'm talking about. I don't ever want to get too religious that, that nobody, I can't speak to the lowest of people that have never read the Bible, because I was there once. I don't remember why. I remember the first time I ever read the Bible, I went to my house and said, it's all about Jewish people. And I had been in church a lot in my life, but it never dawned on me that Jewish wasn't, that Jesus wasn't an American. I'm serious. I'm sorry. But the day of atonement was under the law that they were going to taking in a lamb and that they were going to go and they had this box. It was roughly three by three by six. That was was where the Ten Commandments were, was where the Aaron's rod that budded, where the golden pot of manna was, all representing the sense of mankind. And, and the high priest had to go in there once a year and pour the blood of a spotless lamb out upon the mercy seat so that it would atone for the sins of Israel. OK, that's what this is talking about. Hebrews 9, 12 says, not with the blood of goats or calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. 
For the blood of bulls and goats and of the ashes of, of a heifer sprinkled, the unclean sanctifies by purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through his eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So there was this point that Jesus, remember when Mary came up to him in the tomb and he says, don't touch me, for I've not yet ascended to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Well, Jesus, there was this period that he was resurrected, he went to heaven. He poured his blood out on the mercy seat, the mercy seat in heaven. Because if you go study the, all the Levitical things that were set up, all the mercy seats and the candles and all that, it was a pattern. How many of you know what a pattern is? A pattern means it was something else that was original that was there, and this is a pattern. This is a copy. This is a type. So the real one was in heaven. So Jesus had already, after the resurrection, gone to heaven, poured his blood out upon the mercy seat to attain for all the sins of Israel. Then he popped back in and scared all the disciples. Walked through a wall and said, hey, boys, you got anything to eat? Okay? Now look at John chapter 1, verse 29. John 1, 29. Now, John the Baptist was out there one day, and it says in John 1.29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist declared that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Lamb. He was the one to be sacrificed. Isn't it interesting that he said, he didn't say, look, there's Jesus. He's the Son of God. But he referred to him as the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John was knowing that Jesus was making, was going to be making as a sacrificial lamb. Folks, listen to me. There's nothing dumber than sheep, chickens maybe, but sheep right there. And so, so they're, they're dumb. And you just take the little lamb, you lead him to a slaughter. He don't know nothing. He got no claws to fight. He got a few teeth, but he don't really know how to bite. So the slaughter of a lamb is just, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's about as easy as you can get. There's not much fight to it, all right? So he says, there's a lamb of God who's going to take away the sins of the world. John the Baptist declared it, all right? So now go to Exodus chapter 12. So that was the atonement. But now I'm going to talk about the Passover and what the Passover meant. Exodus chapter 12, I'm going to start reading in verse 1. I'm going to read it first, and then we'll go back and look at it. Exodus 1, no, 12, 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of the month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father. A lamb is a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him take it with his neighbor next door and take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and they shall put it on the two doorposts of the lentils of the house as they were to eat it. And then they were, they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread with the bitter herbs, and they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw or boiled at, at, at all with water, but roast it in the fire. For its head, its legs, its entrails, you shall have none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And you shall eat it with your belt on, your waist, and your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. 
but it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both male and beast, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your house and where you are. And when you see the blood, it will pass over you. I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on to destroy you. And I will strike the land of Egypt. Okay. So when this Passover was being instituted, they'd never had Passover before like this. And God said, this is what I want you to do. And we're going to have Passover. This is how we're going to take place. It's going to take, you're going to get this lamb. You're going to bring him in here. If, if your whole household is only a couple of you and you can't eat it all, get with your neighbor. We're going to sit there. You're going to have this lamb. You're going to eat it with unleavened bread. There's going to be no, no leaven in your house. You're going to sit there. You're going to eat it with bitter herbs. You're going to, you're going to taste the bitterness of your sin, the bitterness of what's going on. You're going to take this lamb who doesn't deserve to be slaughtered. You're going to kill it. You're going to pour its blood. You're going to take the blood. And you're going to put it out there on the doorpost of your house. So the death angel isn't going to come in and get you. Now, up until this time, plagues have been all over Egypt, right? You got the frogs, you got the lice, you got the water turning to blood, you got all these things had taken place. So pretty much most everybody in, in, in Israel would say, get a lamb, right? Don't be messing around. We done seen that. We didn't see what's going on. And if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now, so he said, eat it with, you know, all clothed. In other words, don't get back in your old lounging chair and get your TV tray out. Do, we, do they still have TV trays? And you're going you're gonna to eat it in haste. You're going to have yourself, you're going to have your belt on. You're going to be ready to go and eat it quick. Right? Now, <clears throat> he said, this is going to be a day of new beginnings for you. This is going to be the very first month of the year. This is going to be the new year. I'm changing the calendar. However, before they were keeping their yearly calendar, it got changed at Passover. And it became the first day of the month. New beginnings. Everybody say new beginnings. There's another mention of new beginnings. Jesus said it in John chapter 3, verse 5. Jesus answers it, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, spirit. Do not marvel that I said this to you. You must be born again. He said, wait, Jesus said, you're going to have a new beginning yourself. When you were the old man, you were sitting and going according to what the, the, the Bible says is the course of the world, the spirit of, the, of disobedience. When you were living in that way, and then you met Jesus, and you gave your life to him, and boom, you got born again. That really became your birthday. Are y'all with me? Y'all looking at me like I ain't got good sense. Come on, folks. Right? That's when you really got born again because you got born into eternal life then. A new beginning started with you. The old man, the Bible says, is dead and a new man. Right? See, there's too many Christians going around the world and, and they, 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 get, they join a church and they get a letter. Have y'all ever thought about it? What if, you, what if the letters had like A, B, C, D on it and the pastor rated you as a Christian? What's their letter? Oh, they're just D Christians. They're F Christians. They didn't make it. Oh, they're A pluses. Anyway, I'm sorry to mock that if that offends you. Spirit of Brother Ivan's coming on me. <laughs> But the point is, is that when you met Jesus, you can't, it just isn't that you join church. It isn't just that 
You know, you say, well, let's go to church on Sunday. No, it's that something changed on the inside of you are born again. I can tell y'all, the day, the moment that I met Jesus and my life changed, I was not the same. Something happened. I was different. I thought different. I, 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 I had a different desire. Things were different on the inside of me. If you haven't had an experience with Jesus that you truly can say it's the first day of your life, well, then something's wrong. You just got religion. You didn't get salvation. Ooh, preaching good. Are y'all with me? There's got to be something different on the inside of you. Well, pastor, all of us are not that emotional. And so, no, I'm not talking emotion. I'm talking about down here in your nor. You know that 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 you're saved and going to heaven. There's no question. Okay? That's your new beginning. Okay, that's the first thing that Passover represented was a new beginning. All right? Okay, so it, it says, he says, you've got to go out and you've got to choose a lamb. Do you know this, folks? This is where a lot of people make mistakes. They do not choose Jesus. Hear what I'm saying? They don't choose Jesus because the problem is, Joshua said it this way. Joshua 24, 15, he said, man, choose to say whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're serving the Lord, right? You got to take a, you got to choose the lamb and, 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 and you got to choose Jesus and you got to choose all of him and you don't get to pick and choose. You just get to choose. Did you hear what I'm saying? You do not get to pick and choose. You don't get to just read your Bible and do the parts that you want to and not do the other parts you don't want to. It's either you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, that he is a lamb whose blood was poured out for the sins of the world. And you believe that and you choose to say, this is what I believe. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And then you choose it, but you get the whole package. Why do you think we have so many denominations? We have so many denominations because there's people that like to group together and choose what they want to do and not do the other. They're not denying that the other doesn't exist. They just don't want to focus on that. And then other ones want to focus on that and do that. And that's why I've always said here, we just got to focus on the word of God. We got to do it all. You don't get a choice. You get the whole deal or nothing. Are y'all with me? Okay. First Peter 1.18 says, Know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct, received by the traditions of your father, but with the precious blood of Jesus. A lamb without blemish and without spot. Realize that the blood that redeemed you was precious. It's not to be counted as worthless. That song we sing this morning, uh, the the new song, and it has this part in there where it says, uh, you saw all of my weaknesses. I can't sing it exactly. I can't quote it exactly. But you saw all of my weakness, yet you still call me friend. That gets me. Mm, 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 mm. Because folks, listen to me. I don't care how good you think you are. You cannot measure up to the holiness of God. We're all rats. Hello? You can't line yourself up in the room and we all can't write down our sins this week and then I, I judge it to who's the biggest sinner and you don't have to feel as bad, you're, you know, because you were just sin, sin. Doesn't make any difference what sin you committed. And it still doesn't measure up to the holiness of God. When you're doing it with a God who's perfect, how are you going to be, you know, uh, uh, you ain't going to make it, right? 
It's precious blood that was poured out for you and for, I, for, uh, for me, for the forgiveness of our sins. To be forgiven, it's precious. And it blows my mind sometimes when I think about how good God is when he has, by his grace and his mercy, still calls me friend. And that just makes me want to jump up and dance and shout. I really don't care what else happens in life. I just know I'm getting into heaven and I'm getting through the door. I don't care where I get. I just sliding under the, I mean, get right before the door. Shut oh, I just made it in. I don't know. But I'm just glad I'm in. Amen. So it's precious, precious blood. Okay. Now, here we go. Go to Hebrews 12, 24. You got to understand this. Now, this is something that just blows and boggles my mind. Hebrews 12, 24, it says to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Do you know that blood speaks? Moses at one, one, of the, one, at one time after the day of atonement come in, he would dip, dip a, a hyssop bush, you know, like a sage bush or something like that, and get blood all over it, and then it's flowing all over the people. Man, I wish I could do that. That would be so much fun. But anyway, I don't get that privilege. And so it says that blood speaks. The blood speaks. The blood speaks at your righteousness. Now imagine this. He said to go out there. Now, I, listen, I've thought of this. Ladies, how many of y'all really love your house? Like you've got it like all decorated and it's just like you like it. And then the husband come home with a paintbrush full of, a bucket full of blood and a paintbrush. And he goes to slopping blood over the doorpost of your house. You're going to be very happy with that? Can't you do just a little bit? Just think of this. Come on. I mean, really, think of this. I'm challenging you this morning. Think about this. How much blood would you put on the doorpost of your house? If you thought that the death angel, he says right there, you know, the angel's going to pass through. He didn't say a specific amount, right? It doesn't say here. And they shall take some of, some of the blood and put it on the doorpost. Doesn't say how much. Some of. So what kind of a person are you? I'm just asking. I ain't pointing fingers at nobody. Don't get to looking down at the floor and looking all guilty here. I'm not. I'm just saying. What would you do? Would you go out there and say, oh, just put a little. I mean, God, don't mess up the doorpost of my house. Or would you get the big, you know, four inch wide brush? I could see my wife arguing about this. You're getting it everywhere. I hear that a lot. Because I'm kind of sloppy when it comes to things like that. And I can see her. He said the doorpost, not all over the porch. But would you be out there with a little bitty, one of those little bitty brushes like you would paint, paint on a canvas with and just be putting a little bit around there? Or would you be thinking, hey, I, don't want, I want to make sure the death angel sees it. And would you be putting some slop in, I mean, letting it drip and run down? And Do you realize that you would have had the privilege, now hear this, because this is a good point this morning. <clears throat> However much blood you put on your door was enough. Because he said, put it over the doorpost. He did not specify quantity. But can you imagine standing there at your window? You could have done this and watched the death angel pass by. And heard the screams and the cries in the houses of the Egyptians and could have been standing just that far, that thick, we'll say the wall was, from the blood on the other side, but it wouldn't touch you. 
standing at the window saying, get on out of here, big boy. You ain't coming in here. Blood's on the door. Move on down. But today, especially Americans, give more power to the devil than they do to God. We got every demonic movie out there. And they give more power to the devil. And they forget about that the blood of Jesus speaks. And if you have the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of your heart, you have the ability to stand there and tell the devil, you have no right to come into my house. You have no ability to come into my house. Do you see the blood over the door of my house? You can't come in here. I rebuke you. Don't even think about it. Get out of my life because the blood, according to Hebrews 12, 24, speaks. And the blood says, that's my kid. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying, church? The blood saying, that's, that's my child. Don't touch it. That, that one's marked with the blood. I've said this many times, but the old Pentecostals used to have this phrase, and they'd say, I plead in the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And a long time I didn't understand what that was, but what it was based on was simply this. The blood of Jesus speaks. And folks, it's time for us as Christians to rise up and say, no, I am covered by the blood of Jesus and I'm not taking this. If you let the door stay open, you know, the flies are going to come in. But if the blood's on your house and you understand this and you get this in your heart, that the blood's speaking, you get this as a part of your life and your faith, and you say, no way, buddy, this is not happening because the blood of Jesus is over my life. I had to rebuke this in the name of Jesus. You have no right to pass. That death angel could not come into the house if they, didn't have, if they had the blood. It's the same for us today. But are we going to walk in it? Are we going to be saying, oh, I mean, that blood's messy. I don't want to get it over the house. And, you know, there's no sense. That's kind of... And because Christians have become so wishy-washy and they're not firm in their faith, that's why things are getting to the mess that they're getting into. Hebrews 12.1. It says, when you eat, when they ate it, they ate it with haste. And he said, don't let any of it remain. In other words, God said, get rid of it all. I want you, you have to take the whole gospel. How many of y'all will admit, you don't have to raise your hand, but don't look down. How many of you will admit that we're pretty lazy, aren't we? Dr. Brown preached a message uh, months and months ago about health, and he said if you'd walk 30 minutes every day, it would just showed all the statistics, just what, walking 30 minutes every day, not running, not trotting, just fast-paced walk, 30 minutes to do every day. And I thought, you know, it was difficult to get going in it, but now every day I've gotten to the point now, if something comes up and I don't walk that day, I feel guilty. So now I know I'm in a good place because at least I'm being felt guilty. Before I didn't feel guilty. I was like, Pfft. are you with me? 30 minutes and gives you better health? Well, I'm so busy. You don't have 30 minutes? Oh, well, let's just, let me add to your plate. You don't have, you don't have, you can't read a chapter in the Bible? I'll look at the camera. You can't read a chapter in the Bible? It's too much? Well, I just don't understand. I don't have time. You didn't have four minutes, three minutes, two minutes? You didn't have that. Oh, you know why? Because we're lazy. We don't want to take responsibility for our lives. We don't want to understand the blood of Jesus. We don't want to apply it to our life. We don't want to learn how to pray. We don't want to do anything. We just want to say, God, would you just do this? And then when he doesn't, we're mad at him. 
It's the truth. You tell them we, we can't schedule our lives a little better? Well, just so. no, there's no excuse. Folks, listen to me. I'm telling the blood of Jesus on the doorpost of your house and faith in it. The enemy isn't coming in. Hebrews 12 once says, therefore, since we are also surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight of sin which so easily, easily ensnares us. It's amazing how, it's amazing how we want to eat things that are not good for us. I saw, Laura was showing me a video of, uh, a, what was his name, Dr. Living Good? And, 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 and he, was, he was revealing this thing that, you know, uh, Krispy Kreme has gotten into, and I'll say their name because I don't care, uh, has gotten into, uh, if, you, if you got the coronavirus shot, they'll give you a free donut. Uh-huh. And so they're promoting it while selling donuts. And he said, how stupid is this that the thing that's tearing your immunity system down is the sugar and you're going to give them the sugar for taking the vaccine, which why didn't you just build your immunity system in the first place? And he was just going off on this thing on this ramp. And I was like, that's how stupid we are. You want a donut? Come take a shot. I'll give you a donut. And we're like, a donut? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Come on. You can't drive to San Antonio. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you cannot drive to San Antonio that don't go by the Alsatian Bakery, look over and think, oh, God, I wish I could have a donut. <laughs> Actually, a lemon long, John. Is that right? Whether you, you do it going down and you do it coming back because you're so given to it, you just look over there and say, hey, yeah, salivate. Just coming out, just trying to write the drool off. Hey, you wanna, I shouldn't. I go, God, it is like, <laughs> what's wrong with us? We know it doesn't do us any good. We eat it, feel terrible afterwards. All joints hurt, everything hurts. You get inflamed. You say, this, oh, God, what did you do? Oh, it tasted good. I'll do it again. <laughs> What's wrong with us as human beings? We're idiots. Because the sin so easily ensnares us. But how much more? Listen to me. This is a pretty good test. If you put your foot outside the door, the angel will kill you. You going to attempt that one? I mean, I don't know. You know, we make the Grim Reaper, you know, with the black hoodie and the sickle and everything. You know, I, that's all made up. That's not biblical. But if that dude was standing outside, you're going to say, there's a donut laying out there on the ground. I think I can get it quick enough. <laughs> <laughs> Fell off the back of the Krispy Kreme truck as they were trying to get away from the death angel. It's right there. I can get it. I know I can. It's 12 in the box. Go for it. Go for it. You can do it. You're the fastest runner. <laughs> the sin that so easily ensnares us. But if the dude's standing out there, this sickle, waiting for you to come, you're going to say, yeah. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. It was a joy for Jesus to go to the cross. It's hard to believe, but it was. Because he knew what he was buying for all of us. You're not going to make it in life until you keep. Listen, you're going <clears> to <throat> run for that Krispy Kreme in the middle of the road. Unless you're looking at the cross and looking at Jesus and looking the price he paid. What sacrifice he gave for each and every one of us. 
so that we could put the blood, his blood, over the doorpost of our heart and tell the death angel to get lost. You won't do it because what happens, you start looking over here and then you get enticed. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're supposed to be living sacrifices. We're supposed to die to the flesh and the things of the flesh and live unto God, which is holy and acceptable to God. Which He says it's just a reasonable service. Reasonable service. I mean, if you go to the store and buy a new car, you think it's reasonable service that it would run. If it doesn't, you're back over there. Am I right? How many of y'all buy, you know, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar vehicle and it broke down and you had to tow it to your house and you just let it sit there and you didn't do anything about it and it's brand new under warranty? So how much more of you are going to get delivered from sin, its destruction, the death angel, and then you're not going to, when things go wrong, you're not going to look to the author and the finisher of your faith, who's the one who's got the answer to set you free. Hebrews 9.14. Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He says the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus through his eternal spirit cleanses your conscience from dead works. You see the power in the blood, church, is what I want you to understand today. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the precious blood of Jesus. When you have it over the doorposts of your heart, you get authority, you get power to walk in things of the spirit that otherwise you wouldn't have. But what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Is this just play church? Come on. Is Christianity just play religion? It's just, it's just the people that want to be nice. It's just nice people. Hello? Folks, I'm telling you, we have got to get real in our Christianity right now. The world is going to pot. There is craziness abounding on the left and the right. Hello? And it's time for us to scripture stand up and say, look, stupid. The death angel's out there. I'm inside here. The blood of Jesus is over the doorpost of my house, and I ain't going out. End of story. Y'all are wrong. We're right. Deal with it. Are you hearing me, church? We have got to get bold. We have got to get strong. We have got to be Christians who are standing on the front line of life saying, no, no, no. The blood of Jesus speaks over my life. And I don't do that because I'm not going to give myself over to that, because when I give myself over to that, it's just going to cause me to be sick. First John 1, 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. The blood of Jesus is what keeps us in fellowship with the Lord. Like the song we sang, he sees our weaknesses, but it's the blood that says, no, I still want to fellowship with you because the blood of Jesus is over your life. OK, so let me put it this way. The father sent his son to this earth to pay the price for us. Passover, he went to the cross. He died. Horrible death. I remember, I got to say this. Don't let me forget that thought, Lord. When I was a kid growing up, I heard about the crucifixion of Jesus. I remember it on Easter. I remember it being preached. I remember them talking about it. But to me, it was like, well, wait a minute. He was the son of God, so like it wouldn't have hurt. It was 
you know, like he was above that. Until I got saved and read the Bible, I realized how much Jesus suffered, how he had to fight to stay alive, to die. He had to fight to stay alive, to die at that hour when the sacrificial lamb was being slain on the altar over there and Jesus had to be the sacrificial lamb for us. Did it change my whole way of thinking, changed everything about me, okay? But it says that same blood is precious. God the Father sent Jesus to go through that. And to to the Father, the blood of Jesus is precious. And when he sees it on you, he doesn't see anything else but the blood. So he doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your whatever. He sees the blood. So how do you have the right to have the boldness to go into the Holy of Holies before the Almighty God and walk in there and say, hey, Dad, because of the blood? Because of the blood? Because of what Jesus has done for you? Because that blood's on you? That you can boldly walk in there and say, hey, Father, this is what's going on. And then grace and the power of grace and the Titus effect can abound towards you. Because of what the blood says. Because of what was done at that Passover. Hallelujah. Jesus being the Passover lamb. Yes, Lord. Revelations 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. See, people don't usually like to talk about blood. It's gory. But let me tell you what. I love to talk about the blood of Jesus because it's what gives us our power. It's what gives us our our victory in life. Romans 5, 9 says, How much more than having been justified by his blood shall we be saved from the wrath of him? Folks, listen to me. There's a lot of end-time eschatology going on out there in the world right now. A lot of videos about this and that and the rapture here and this and that and the tribulation and all that. All I can promise you, you can believe any kind of who you want to. But I believe, you, I believe what the Word of God says, and there ain't no wrath touching me because it isn't going to touch the blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mid-trib, post-trib, in-between-trib, one-third-trib, two-third-trib, three-quarter-trib, whatever. It don't make any difference. Whenever it happens, whatever's going on, the wrath of God's not going to touch me because the Bible says the blood of Jesus washes us and cleanses us from all our sins. I'm, I'm with him. Wrath ain't touching me. So a lot of people are all worried about this, that, and the other. And, oh, my God, are we going to get the mark of the beast? Listen to me. We're not, if you're a Christian, you're born again, you're saved. Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of your life, you're not going to make it to that point. Because the wrath of God's being poured out on the earth at that time. And I'm not in the middle of the wrath. Now, if you want to stay around and ride that boat, you just, man, you just jump on it. But I'm not going to. So I'm not really worried about the mark of the beast. Everybody's saying, well, is this vaccine the mark of the beast? Oh, my God. No, but I can guarantee what it is. It's all getting us primed, programmed, conformed to what's coming. I still am so ashamed. The other day I told you all that when I walked in the store and I didn't even catch that guy coming, I was just kind of dumbfounded. I turned around. Next thing I know, put that thermometer right up on my head, looked just like a gun and pulled the trigger. And I was like, I'm dead. He shot me in the head. I didn't even catch this. I was distracted. And what happened? I got killed. I'm dead. I'm dead. I mean, my whole day shot. It's still even, I think about it right now, I have this sickness down the pit of my stomach that I didn't just go, what do you want? Something. Punched him right in the face. Bam, what are you trying to kill me for? 
I just got shot dead, just like a stupid sheep to the slaughter. It was ridiculous. I'm ashamed. Just think about that. All our children going to school, stick a thermometer to the head and pull the trigger. Wow. Isn't that a big deal? So then you want to take all the little kids out back and shoot them, put them in a hole? <gasps> I can't believe you didn't say something like that. Here's my wrist. Here's my arm. Here's my head. You can't get my mask. But I'm being saved from the wrath to come because of the, what the Word of God says. Y'all with me? Y'all going to go on the boat with me or are you going to stay around? We got to get real. And listen to me. If you're dealing with situations and problems in life, you're dealing with certain, you know, Things happening in your life. Now's the day to get up and scream about the blood of Jesus. You got the death angel trying to peek in your door. It's time to get up and say about the blood of Jesus. Maybe you've never really spiritually applied the blood to the doorpost of your house. You've never really thought about all this. You've never really dwelt on it. You've never really spent any time on it. Well, folks, now's the day to get. Come on, man. We got to get in shape. Hallelujah. See, my problem is, is I know too much of the word. Because I'll be out there walking and then the scripture will pop up to me. Bodily exercise profiteth little. <laughs> I said, I'll rebuke that. In Jesus' name, you're trying to twist the word, just like the devil tried to twist it on Jesus. Trying to twist the word. <clears throat> Hello? But folks, we got to get vigilant. Amen? So next Sunday, we're coming back for Resurrection Sunday. I want to talk to you about the resurrection power of God. I'm talking talk to you about how, how you get the power going and flowing in your life because of what the blood did. Because see, now the blood of Jesus is on your life. And if you understand that, now it's time to let the power go. Let me tell you something. Let me just say this statement, and then I'm going to close. Maybe. There is nothing in this word, nothing in this word that God holds back from any of you. It's only are we going to pay the price to obtain it. It may mean getting some wrong thinking out of your heads. It may be changing your lifestyles, changing your eating habits, changing your reading habits, changing your everything habits. But there's nothing withheld from you. Nothing. Because the Bible says the promises of God are yes and amen to you. They're all yours. But it's so much our laziness gets in the way. It just gets in the way. And this world and the things of the world get in the way. And now's the time, folks, listen to me. Things don't look good. They do not look good. Doesn't look good in the world. Doesn't look good in the attitude of people. I mean, I don't know about if y'all are, 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 maybe I'm traveling the wrong places, but, but I was in San Antonio this weekend just looking at San Antonio. Just looking at the town we used to go to that looked like it was everything was okay and it was bright and shiny and nice and now all of a sudden it looks doomy and gloomy and people's attitudes are not good and, and I'm looking at people and I'm looking at everybody and, and I'm just the way people are, the way people are acting and you can see there's a change happen. There's something happened. Folks, there's something happened upon the face of our earth. Now the people didn't recognize it the day that Jesus walked down the street, but I'm hoping that Christians are waking up around the world. And saying, hey, we're in some serious times right now. Today's the day to get the blood over our life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, put your Bibles up and stand to your feet if you would, please. Can I have my prayer team come down? Remember next Sunday you're going to get your hearts prepared, get it all ready, and move one seat up. I know it's going to be difficult. But you're overcomers and you have the blood of Jesus over your lives. You can do it. Look at the person beside you and say, you can do it. I'm probably going to get in trouble with this because then if y'all see their seats in the back that didn't get filled, then you're going to say, he made us move up and it wasn't even a, it didn't have to, there was seats back there.
Amen. I pray this message blessed you this morning. I pray that you hear it. Folks, listen to me. If you're out there listening and watching the broadcast and you didn't know, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, get saved. Quit living out there in the world. Listen, man, I'm telling you, things aren't good. You need to be right with God. And it's real simple. All you have to do is ask him to come into your life. All you have to do is believe that Jesus is the son of God. Choose him to be the lamb that was slain for your sins. Just tell him, Jesus, I choose you. And he'll come and he'll touch you and save you right where you are. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus, you're not sure. That's why we have prayer team people up here. We have prayer team people also up here. If you just want to come and pray about something specific. Okay. It doesn't mean don't come pray or don't. Oh, somebody might think I'm just getting saved. Well, you know, so what? Quit thinking about what everybody else is thinking. If you need prayer, come up here and pray with the people. But listen to me, please take this message to heart. If whatever you're fighting, would you please just go home, every one of y'all, and do a spiritual thing in your own house? When you go home to your house, stop, grab your husband's hand, your wife's hand, your children's hands, get together and say, we plead the blood of Jesus over our home. This is our home. The blood is over our home and it's over our hearts. Devil, you have no right. And just watch what happens. Just watch what happens. Amen. And if you start doing that on a regular basis and start standing up to everything and start getting bold, start singing a little blood around, start telling the death angel he ain't got no place in you, you start doing that like that, you're going to see changes happening in your life. God's going to bring victory into your life. Amen? So let me pray for you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that each and every one of us, Lord, will rise up and be the Christians you called us to be. That, Lord, we will rise up and plead the blood of Jesus over our homes, plead the blood of Jesus over our families. Lord, plead the blood of Jesus so that, that, that the death angels, sickness and disease, whatever upon us, Lord God, has no right and no place in our homes, in our hearts, in our lives over our families. And so, Lord, this day, we thank you for it. We thank you for the precious, precious, precious blood of Jesus. That, Lord, you gave your life on a cross for us. That you paid the ultimate price with your life so your blood could come and touch each and every one of us and deliver us. So, Lord, I thank you for the blood. I praise you for the blood, Lord. And I declare that today as we apply it to our lives, we're going to go out in this world. We're going to tell others we're, we're, we're not going to be enticed by the things of this world, but we're going to stay strong. We're going to walk with you. And I declare the blessings of God over each and every person, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you if you need it.